Well, we are excited uh, to bring you today, uh, today's concert. Today's concert is coming to you uh, by the voice of Chris Tomlin. If you're not familiar with Chris Tomlin, he is one of the most accomplished uh, Christian music artists that uh, is on the scene today. He has over 7 million uh, records sold. And Chris has been quoted in uh, saying that when he speaks, and when he prays rather, or when, when he sings a song rather, he is actually praying, and he's praying that the people who listen to his music, the people who sing his songs, he prays that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that the presence of God be, would be with them as he sings. So he is a worship leader uh, who is uh, known world world around, and we are uh, bringing him to you today. So inviting God into your presence, uh, we now ask you to uh, pay attention to this song by Chris Tomlin, God Who Listens. The God made the winds and the summers the one who put the stars all in the place The only one who stands above all others He knows me by name The angels hide their faces in His presence The demons run for cover
Have you ever had the experience where you've noticed that God is trying to get you to understand something? A time where God is just barraging you over and over, trying to get your attention. I recently had this experience when after last week's message, which was um, a song called Joyful by Dante Bow, and if you didn't get a chance to go uh, listen to it yet, you can do that again. Go to the mobile app or download it from the website. I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised and you'll enjoy that message because it's all about being encouraged, being joyful. But last week after that message where I talked about Dante Bow and his song, uh, Joyful, um, I just felt like God was speaking to me about this topic. And then on Monday, right after the service, Monday I was in a growth group, and in that growth group we were discussing something called the rejoicing principle. The rejoicing principle, which essentially says that if you want to change your life, you've got to take control of the negative thoughts in your head. And you take those negative thoughts and you replace them with positive ones. So you take the negative thoughts, you replace them with positive thoughts, and then the way you keep those positive thoughts there is by rejoicing. You keep the new thoughts in place by rejoicing. And then in my devotions last week, I was reading through the Psalms, which is a a book that I have been doing this year, and it's uh, authored by Tim Keller. And Tim Keller, in his uh, book, was talking about how much God loves us, how God will do anything for us. He will go to the farthest depths of the world to, to love us and to let us know that he loves us. And Tim Keller, in his book, he said, that's worth celebrating. He said, that right there is worth rejoicing. That is something that you can take, that truth, you can take day in and day out and celebrate that every single day. So so track with me. Last week during the message, last week after the message, during the devotion time or during the, the, the growth group time that I was doing with the guys, and then also in my devotions, there was this overarching theme. God was invading my space. And he was telling me about how and why to rejoice. Over and over, I was sensing God talking to me about joy and rejoicing and celebrating. And it was like, it was as if God was saying to me, hey, Doug, don't forget that I'm here. Right? Sometimes you have the tendency, Doug, to forget that I'm here. Don't forget that I'm here. Over and over, he kept hitting me with these ideas about rejoicing and celebrating. And God was saying, I'm here with you in the good times, and I'm here with you in the not-so-good times. And that's a truth that I want you to remember every single day. I want you to rejoice and to celebrate, not forget that I'm here. And then after all of that, I read this quote in this book. Uh, the book is called Winning the War in Your Mind, which is a great book if you're uh, looking for a book to read. It's a nice book by Craig Rochelle. It talks about science and, and the mind and faith, and it really does a great job bringing all that together. But in this chapter called The Perspective of Praise, Craig says the following. He says, if you forget that God is there, you won't talk to him. And that statement stopped me dead in my tracks. If you forget that God is there, you won't talk to him. It stopped me. How many times do you forget that God is there in the midst of a single day? When you go through a difficult time, do you stop and you try to figure out the problem on your own? Do you rely on your strength or do you seek the power of Jesus? Do you look to the Holy Spirit of God who is your great comforter and your advocate and your your guide? Do you look to God the Father who cast the stars into the heavens and loves you and calls you by name? When you're in a quandary, do you ask God to help you solve that dilemma? Do you go to God for help? I confess that on my best days, yeah, I can remember that God is there, but more often than not, I'm trying to do it on my own strength. 
More often than not, I, I get to the end of a day, I'm exhausted from just using all of my resources, and I just, I put my head in my hands and I realize, God, why didn't I go to you earlier in the day? God, why are you often the last resort rather than the first resort? Well, if you forget that God is there, you're not going to talk to him. But if you realize that God is there, you can talk to him. When things are bad, instead of just feeling down and feeling sorry for yourself or, or, or feeling bad, you can lift your head up and you will find that you have a God who loves you, a God who has all the power to help you. Help you. We have a God who listens. Chris Tomlin just sang for us in that song. He said, the God who made the, the winters and the summers, the one who put the stars all in their place, the only one who stands above all others, he knows me by name. And when I close my eyes, I know I'm not just hoping, I'm not just wishing, I know I'm praying to a God who listens. I know he hears me, I know he's living, yes, I'm praying to a God who listens. When, when I reflect on why I don't go to God sooner, I recognize that there are two reasons for that. There are two reasons for my dysfunction, and maybe my reasons for not going to God are the same ones that you face. And, and here's number one. We think that we can do it on our own. We think that whatever our problem is, we can do it on our own. We should do it on our own. It's our problem. We can do it. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, is that sometimes I've gone to God in the past. Maybe you have too. We go to God in the past, and God hasn't come through the way we thought he should or the way he might. God hasn't answered our prayers in the way we wanted him to. And, and so do these feel familiar to you? That, that you think you can do it on your own? Or God really, I don't know if I trust you to answer the problems that I have. Well, if those sound familiar, hear me on this, because I believe that I've come around to uh, looking at this, and I believe that the first reason that we forget that God is there is our pride. And the second reason is a lack of trust. It's our pride and our lack of trust. Let's take each of these in turn. First, let's look at our pride. Where is it written that you and I are supposed to do everything on our own? Where is it written that that's what we are supposed to do, that we are supposed to do things on our own? When a difficult situation comes up, why do I, why do you immediately start trying to solve the problem on our own? When I look over my life at all the places that I'm responsible, the places where I have responsibilities, my head starts to swim. Uh, my family and my relationships and my kid, my, my job, my work, uh, preaching and teaching or caring for people or leading the church, my relationships and my friendships, my emotions and my health, all of these are areas where I am responsible I have responsibilities that are legitimate responsibilities, and there's no humanly possible way for me to manage all of that. I just can't. You can't. We can't manage all of that adequately. I remember in Psych 101 back in, in college, if you ever took a psych class, you probably have seen this or heard this or, or maybe not, but this is the thing that I remember hearing. I was introduced to the idea of the, the baby crib mobile. Right? If you hang a mobile over a crib, right, and you've got those different things hanging off the mobile, and you hit one of those, those, those whirly gigs on the mobile, right, it doesn't just isolate that mobile, it doesn't just stay to that one place, right, the whole mobile moves. If you hit one part of it, the whole thing starts to move. And so the idea is that one, when one area of our life is stressed, the whole system absorbs that energy, and it absorbs that, that chaos, 
And so what happens is multiple areas start spinning and moving, and the whole thing starts violently shaking. And sometimes I feel like there's a baby grabbing the whole mobile and just shaking it like that. Have you ever felt like that? Right, but even if just one area starts to move, it impacts the whole thing. How many of us are panicked and burnt out on a regular basis these days? There's no way that we can adequately manage just even one area of our lives because they're all connected. We require supernatural help. We are designed that way. We're created by God to be in relationship with him. He's given us the Holy Spirit of God to be our comforter and to be our guide in troubling times. So why do I believe, why do you believe that we're supposed to muscle our way through our issues and not bring it to God in the first place? And the answer is our pride. And then there's the second feeling that many of us have where we feel abandoned by God at times. We're disappointed by God in prayer. Have you ever prayed for something and it didn't happen? Have you ever prayed for something and it didn't come true? We all have. All of us have have had that experience at one time or another. And and it really is hard when you make a big request to God, like you request something like a, a healing for you or for a loved one. You're requesting of God a desperate plea for help in a time of great pain. And then it doesn't get answered and we wonder, why God? Why isn't this happening? Why didn't this happen the way I'm asking? You love me. Why God? Why didn't you answer that need in my life? Well, I wish I had the answer to why God doesn't answer prayers the way we want him to. But I don't have that answer. What I can do is I can look at God's track record in my life, and I can look back at over all the times when God didn't answer prayers the way I wanted them to be answered. But then I can also look at his faithfulness to me in those moments and his answer of prayers that I did see happen. I can say, God, where are you, and do I trust you? And I can look at that track record of God's faithful presence in my life. This past week, uh, there's a DJ talking with a guest on her radio show, and they were talking about this issue of trusting in God. And the, the DJ said, if we really trusted God, if we really believed that God loves us, if we believed in God's love, then we wouldn't have the problems that we have. What do you think about that? Do you think she's right? If we really believed and trusted in God's love for us, that we believe that he loved us, we wouldn't have the problems that we have. If we believe that God loves us more than anything, if we believe that God will indeed take care of us, that he has a plan for us, that God knows every hair that is on our heads, that God loves us more than he loves anything else in all creation, if we really believed in God's love, then we would believe that nothing could ever happen to us. Nothing could ever happen to us. Nothing we could ever face today, we ever could be challenged so much so that it would distance us from God or that we would be abandoned by God. If we really believed in his love, what could we possibly face today that could concern us? So by and large, we don't believe that we have a God who listens because our pride gets in the way and we have trust issues. We're afraid to trust God. We're afraid that he won't do what he says he's going to do. Now, the Psalms of the Bible contain within them some of the most emotionally packed words that have ever been written. In the Psalms, we find some of the most desperate cries for humanity, reaching out to God, saying, God, where are you? I need you. God, help me in this. We're looking for God to intervene, and we can almost feel the writer's pain and their heartache as they pour out their hearts onto the pages of Scripture. 
And so here we see in Psalm 66, verses 17 to 20, the psalmist says this, For I cried out to God for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin of my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. Friends, what do we see here in these words, in these few verses of Scripture? There's a man or there's a woman, there's, there's a person here who is crying out to God for help, and we don't know what this person is crying out about. We don't know exactly what his or her pain is, but there is a need here. And, and yet there's this crying out, there's this crying out for God, and this crying out includes praise. I cried out to God for help, praising him as I spoke, the psalmist says. How many of us praise God when we're crying out for help? Many of us go to God with our to-do list, and, and, and he, we, we give God the things that we need him to accomplish. We need him to hear us, but, but we don't necessarily go to him with praise. And, and here we're being reminded that when you go to God, bring your concern and thank God for who he is. Thank God. God, I'm, I'm really dealing with a difficult situation right now. I have a bad diagnosis. My life is turned upside down. My finances are a wreck. My, uh, my relationships are falling apart. The wheels are literally about to come off the cart of my life. And yet, God, I thank you. I thank you that you see me. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you are a God who hears me. I praise you, God, because you are always good. The Psalms remind us, add praise to your prayer the next time you seek God. Add praise to that prayer. And then verse 18, what do we see? If it says, the psalmist says, if I had not confessed sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I didn't confess the sin of my heart, the Lord would not have listened. God has always been clear to us. Confession is good for the soul. It's good for us. When you have to approach God, you want to approach God with a clean heart. Have you wronged someone? Are you harboring bitterness? Do you have unforgiveness deep inside your heart? God doesn't want that unconfessed thing, that sin, eating away at you from the inside. Confess and ask God for forgiveness. Don't allow your pride to keep you from getting right with God. Don't allow that to stifle your relationship. Whenever you seek God, start with praise, add confession, and God will Listen, that's what the scripture says. So the next time you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, which might be an hour from now, it might be two hours from now, heck, it could be certainly for all of us by lunchtime tomorrow, the way our lives are going. Whenever you feel overwhelmed and stressed, praise God. And then search your head and search your heart and look for any unconfessed sin, anything you're hiding in the corners of your life, anything that you're hiding there. Go to God and confess. And then when you go to God, let it be, God, I thank you for this, whatever it is. And, and God, I am sorry for this, whatever that is. Lord, you know what I need. You know what's going on. God, you know everything. And so, God, I put it all into your hands, and I trust you. Let that be the prayer that you pray when you go to God with a concern. Because here's the thing, everybody. The God who made the winners and the summers the one who put the stars all in their place, the only one who stands above all others. He knows you by name. And when you close your eyes, you can know that you're not just hoping, you're not just wishing, 
you are praying to a God who listens. In your stress and in your aggravation and your worry this week, bring to God. Bring to God your fears. Bring to him your concerns. But also bring your praise to Jesus for who he is. Confess your sins and receive God's forgiveness. And when you do that, you can know that you know that you know that you are praying to a God who listens. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray before you today and we bring to you our, our lives. Lord, we bring to you our thoughts, we bring to you our actions, we bring to you our attitudes and our words. Everything that makes up who we are. Lord, we bring to you our hearts and we confess right here and now, Lord, that our hearts are fickle, that our hearts are hurting, God, that our hearts are wounded, and that our hearts are filled with sin. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach us how to confess to you and thank you for who you are each and every day, that we can celebrate the fact that we have a God who listens. So, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us this day. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.